and I've been just sharing this gift that what EFT can do to whomever else. Because the person that I was before the panic attack is, is completely indescribable from the person I am today. Welcome to the Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast, where we focus on health and wellness and overcoming all types of addictions. You're in the right place if you're a mom, dad, sibling, or caregiver who has a loved one who is or was struggling with an eating disorder or any other kind of addiction. In a time where everything seems heavy, I'm here to bring you a very real yet lighthearted take on what the heck we're all supposed to do with our lives while we care for our loved ones who are struggling. One thing holds true throughout it all. You can't juggle the chaos without smiling, at least a little bit. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am your host, Moira Gorski. Uh, So glad that you're coming back to listen. Um, You know, as I try to share, as I do share on this podcast, so many things I've learned uh, along the way that have helped me in life, but also have learned about that, you know, can also, I share it with you guys because I know it can help. If it helps me, I bet it could help some of you. And um, I've, I've talked about EFT, emotional freedom technique, on this um, episode before, uh, on this podcast before, uh, Sarah Spears. If um, you haven't listened to that episode, that's a really good one where she um, has recovered from an eating disorder and found that EFT was so, so helpful for her as she went through her recovery. So, and now she's an expert on that as well as some other wonderful things. So if you haven't, again, listened to that one, go back and find Sarah Spears. But um, today I'm bringing you uh, Eric Almeida. Um, we have been connected through the podcast world and um, he is also uh, an EFT practitioner you know, emotional healing expert, soon to be podcaster, as we're talking about our podcast journey earlier today. Um, And again, I'm just, I'm always thrilled, you know, if you listen to my podcast, I'm always thrilled to connect with other people, meet them, learn what their story is. And especially if they're then going on to help other people with what they've learned in life. I just think that that's really awesome. And um, Eric's doing that. And so today, I'm just so glad, Eric, that you are joining me today for another great discussion. Thank you so much for having me, Maura. I'm yeah. I'm just thrilled to be here as well. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. And um, you, we always start with the story. Again, you reached out to me, and we were chatting about how how you found EFT because it was through some stresses in your life and some things that you um, encountered. So let's start with your story and kind of how what that was, what that's all about, and how it's bringing you to you know being introduced to EFT and doing with what what you're doing today. Absolutely. So two years ago, I was working in subsidized housing, uh, you know, very technical work, you know, government paperwork, all that kind of not really fun stuff that you have to deal with in subsidized housing. And a big part of that work was having the, the customer service facade. I had to maintain a, a huge amount of that professional distance from the residents. It was kind of a requirement of the job. And for me, that ended up kind of making a situation worse for my own mental health, I had developed the habit of suppressing my emotions for basically the entirety of my life up until that point. Made me great in the customer service world, but also was just slowly destroying my mind as a result by having like this two-facedness there. And so I was at work, I was doing a normal recertification, nothing out of the ordinary, and I just started feeling like something just felt wrong. Like I just, like I almost like I was feeling sick. 
So I went into my boss's, I was in the middle of an appointment. I went into my boss's office and I'm like, hey, can you cover this? I'm like, I just don't feel good. And she was like, oh yeah, no worry about it. She went into my office and started taking over that appointment. I walk over into the maintenance office and I just start, I just feel terrible. I, my hands were starting to go numb. My feet were starting to go numb. My heart started racing. I started like breaking out into a cold sweat. And immediately I'm like, I'm having a heart attack. And so I'm 35 years old. At the time I was 33, not the norm, most normal thing that happens for a 33 year old, but that's what I thought was happening. So I pick up the phone. I try to call, I call 911. It doesn't work. It's those voice over IP phones. They have to like turn that feature on. Mm. So I'm like, shit, I need my cell phone. It was in my office. And so I like try to compose myself. I'm walking back into my office. My hands are actually shaking. I grab my cell phone. As I'm walking out, I whisper into my boss's ear. I'm like, I think I'm having a heart attack. I'm calling an ambulance. And she was cool as a cucumber and was like, you do what you got to do. And so I go back into the maintenance office. I call 911 and I tell them what I'm experiencing. They're like, all right, we'll send an ambulance right away. Right afterwards, I call my husband and it goes to voicemail and I leave him a message. I basically in that message say to him goodbye because by that point I was completely freaking out and he did not appreciate that voicemail at all. <laughs> and, um, and so I hang up with him and by that point, I'm really hyperventilating. The numbness has gone up, it's getting to my core and actually my vision was starting to like cone in like you're about to, to lose, like you're about to faint. And I the last thing I remember is putting my head on the, on the desk in that office and just fluids flowing out of my face, just crying and snot and drool. It was, it was not a pretty sight. And the next thing I remember is someone opening the door and it was the two paramedics. And so they ask, you know, they confirm who I am. They ask me what's going on. I explain to them what I'm feeling. So they put the blood pressure cuff on my arm. They put the oxygen clip on my finger and they get the results and they're like, okay, good news and bad news. Good news, you're not having a heart attack. Bad news, you're having a panic attack. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I had never had one before. So they stayed with me and they did some breathing techniques. They, they explained to me what was happening to me physiologically that I was breathing so fast. And I forget if it was, I think it's too much oxygen or not enough, one of those, I forget the exact biochemical component, but that was what was causing the numbness. And so they got me to calm down. My husband calls me back, freaked out, being like, what's going on? Are you okay? And, he, and I said to him, like, I had a panic attack. I'm okay. I'm still at work. Can you come get me? And so the paramedics stay with me for about half an hour. I felt better. They offered to take me to the hospital. I said, no, because what? they're going to charge me $1,000 when I walk in the door to do what? Maybe give me a Xanax? I don't know. And so I go home. My husband takes me home. I take the next day off and then I just try to go back to work like nothing happened. I'm like, this is a weird fluke. I don't know why it happened. And I go back to work two days later and I get there and that I'm in my office again and that feeling just starts happening again. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't be here. And I bolt out of the office and I leave the property. I actually drove past my boss on the way out and go back home and I text her and I'm like, I, I still can't. I'm gonna I'll try again tomorrow. The day at the next day, I don't even get to the office. I get about halfway down on the highway and that those feelings come back again. And I'm like, shit. And so I turn around, go back home. And I'm just like, I'm just like, I, what do I do? And I, I didn't realize that I had really been 
white knuckling for a long time of just forcing myself to just keep going. Like I, I knew that there was mental health stuff I had to deal with, that there was always that voice in the back of my head that was like, hey, there, there's shit you're, you're ignoring over here and it's getting worse. And I'm just like, I'm too busy. I've got to work. I don't have money, blah, 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 blah. And so that panic attack kind of took away that ability for me to kind of just force myself to deal. And so as a result, I ended up taking a leave of absence, a medical leave from the job. And my symptoms actually got worse. I ended up becoming agoraphobic. I ended up, I, I just, I was scared to leave my house. I couldn't go to the grocery store. I ended up confining myself to one room in the house and just kind of didn't want to leave, like just lying in the guest bedroom on the first floor and like alternating between beating myself up and hysterically crying. And my husband's just being like, I, I'm here to support you, but I don't know what the hell to do. <laughs> and I'm just like completely mentally shattered. And so I had reached out to a colleague of mine who was a therapist and her name is Sarah. And I'm like, Sarah, I'm like, this is what happened. I need your help. Can you fit time in for me? And can we do it over the phone? Cause I can't, I can't drive right now. And she was like, yeah, no, 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 not a problem. And she had incorporated EFT into her practice. And that was what really exposed me to it. So we started doing sessions remotely for about a couple of weeks. And then I got comfortable to actually go to her office. After about a month or so, uh, the agoraphobia completely went away. Uh, and, I, and I formally quit the job. I, I, I realized I, like, I felt so guilty kind of leaving them high and dry. Cause it, it, you know, I knew every day I wasn't there. I knew the work kept piling up. But with, in the beginning, I was able to kind of get to the point where it's like, I can't do that work anymore. It's too toxic to me. And so I left that job completely and I, I continued to work with Sarah with the EFT. And by the end of that year, so the panic attack happened in the summer of 2018. By the end of that year, I ended up um, starting my own business. I ended up opening up an antique store. It was the first time becoming an entrepreneur and, you know, joined a business group to advertise it and really put myself out there. All things that like, huge change from just even six months before, but I was still working with Sarah. There was still a lot of old stuff that I was still unburying and then healing as a result with the EFT. You know, I ran the antique store up until about March of 2020. And when I decided to close it, it was serendipitous, actually. Uh, it, it wasn't financially viable. Like if I was able to keep, if I had enough funds to keep it going for another year, it would have become profitable most likely, but I was just burning through my own reserves. And so I ended up getting out right before the lockdown started in Massachusetts, which would have just killed it anyway. And so that's my, in, that was my, the intuition gods basically screaming, get out. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. And so in the middle of the lockdown, luckily I got some work doing commercial cleaning prior to the lockdown starting. And I'm still doing that now just to pay some, pay the bills of them building the EFT practice. But I discovered another, a different colleague of mine becomes, became certified. And I'm like, wait, like, how did you do that? Like, did you get your, I'm like, I didn't know you had a master's and like, how did that all work out? And I discovered that that wasn't necessary, that it is, there is a certification process. There is a, um, a, like a practical component where you, the supervision and things like that, but you don't need the super crazy advanced degrees or the PhD or anything like that. And I'm like, oh, and so I, I took the training to, to dip my toe to see if, to see if I could do this work as, as a career, because my initial career plan when I graduated from college was to become a therapist. 
And when I graduated from college, I worked at a residential program for children. And it just, I did that for a year. And I was just like, this is, this is so intense. You know, almost all those kids had gone through the foster care system. It was, it was rough. And so, so I, I did the training to dip my toe into it again, to see if I was strong enough to be the vessel to help other people heal. And when I finished the training, I was like, absolutely, this is what I want to do. And so I went through the, the supervision, you know, the, the 50 hours of supervision and, the, the, and all the components that required to get certified through EFT International. I got my certification back in November and I've been just sharing this gift that what EFT can do to whomever else. Because the person that I was before the panic attack is, is completely indescribable from the person I am today. Like that person that I was back then would not ever go on a podcast and talk about the fact that I had a panic attack. If anything, the thought of doing a podcast <laughs> would make me want to vomit a week in advance. And so lots of anxiety, lots of, you know, dealing with my past of, you know, bullying and eating issues and all kinds of stuff. With when it came to my own personal growth, it's almost like I crossed this boundary of like, I got above the clouds climbing this mountain. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I can't believe I've, I'm the person I am right now. And I can still see where I can go. And I'm just so excited to keep climbing and keep exploring myself in that way. But now it's like, I want to give this to other people because I had seen conventional therapists prior to seeing Sarah who had incorporated the EFT and conventional therapy, it does work to a point, but with EFT, it takes it that extra step of incorporating the cognitive thinking of your issues with actually feeling it and really reconnecting with your body. And it's just, you can process things in such a manner and actually get prolonged healing as a result. And it, it's just, it's just awesome. As crazy as that might sound, yeah. it's just awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a great, it's a great story. And thanks for sharing all of that. I mean, I think, as you said that I thought about um, my husband several years ago, I mean, like, probably 19 years ago, or something, I mean, a long time ago, you know, he had some of the well, he shared this with me after this happened. But you know, he had plenty of days that he was driving down the highway and felt like he needed to get out of the car, because he felt like he was suffocating in the car. And there was one time that uh, he came home from, I think the office, it was on weekend, he had gone in and was outside and he's, you know, trimming the bushes and stuff like that. And he came inside, he didn't look so, he didn't look so good. And um, he's like, yeah, I don't know, I'm just having a hard time breathing and I don't know what's going on. And like, you know, not to stereotypically put men in a particular category, but sometimes men don't think, you know, they don't want to get help or they don't think they like they can handle everything themselves. That's an accurate statement as a yeah. man. I can, I can confirm that. <laughs> right. Right. So plenty of times that he hasn't necessarily taken care of himself or wanted to go to the doctor. But at this point we happened to live next door to um, a physician and he was out or I contacted him. I mean, it was so long ago. I don't remember all the details, but the doc said, you know, you need to go over to the urgent care because sure. you might be having a heart attack, same kind of thing. So they take them over there and um, and I have little kids at home. I mean, we were getting to re- go to a, a fundraiser thing that we had that night. And so I got to stay home with the little kids and he goes over there and then the nurse calls and says, you know what? 
we're going to, we're going to send them to the hospital because we're not sure we like what the EKG is showing. And, mm. um, now he's, uh, been a smoker his whole life. And so, uh, you know, he had some other factors. So I'm like, okay. And like, I remember this is what I do remember is hanging up the phone and I heard an ambulance and I oh, was God. like, I'm like, that's my husband because I, the urgent care, immediate care, whatever it's called now, yep. it's like pretty much right around the corner. So I knew that they're like, well, we're going to take him now. And so you just, cause I was waiting for the babysitter to come cause the fundraiser sure. was happening. And I was like, going to say, Hey, plans have changed, but I still need help with the kids. <laughs> so I hang up the phone. She said, just come when you can. I hung up the phone and like, seriously, within five minutes, I was like, Oh, that's my husband in that siren. Like how often does that happen? Like yep. <laughs> not often, but anyway, the, the point of the story is he was in the hospital. He stayed overnight. He didn't have heart attack. You know, I thought it might've caught, well, he quit smoking for a couple of days, but I uh, didn't cause him <laughs> to quit smoking forever. But anyway, that's another story. But um, the point is he had a pan, they said he had a panic attack, you know, and um, he had been, I like what, I mean, it's, I don't like, but I mean, I want to give light to what you said is that white knuckling, like yes. white knuckling through life um, and I like to talk about that. We kind of like we're on autopilot sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, but autopilot in a rainstorm or something like that, we're white knuckling for life. We don't realize how much damage or something like that, that it's doing on the in the inside. You know? Absolutely. It's, you know, it's, you get used to the level of mental or physical strain you're under. And then that, those feelings become the norm. And then you don't realize that you're really suffering because it's, you're, you're feeling the same thing every day. And so it's, it, 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 keep, like it keeps sneaking up on you. And it's like all of a sudden, like if you, if, you know, if mental strain was something you could physically see, it's just, you know, the weights just keep getting added on top of you. And it, to the literal, to the literal point where like when someone's really depressed, you, you can physically see it where like they're collapsing in on themselves they're crouching over. And it's literally the weight of being alive is too much for them. And that's because they've absorbed so much emotional pain that hasn't been processed and it does live in you and you, you need to let it out or it will slowly crush you to death because life is cruel. And no matter what we do, we can't erase the cruelty of life. We can't erase illness. We can't erase accidents. We can't erase heartache. We can't erase death. And those are harsh things to say, but it's true. So life is always going to kick you. And sometimes it's going to kick you when you're already down. So like, it's so important to take that those times to kind of be like, what am I carrying still with me? that isn't serving me anymore, that is only making it harder for me to keep going forward. Because life will come and kick you. And if you're already crawling just to get through the day and life has been kind of fine, when life comes up to kick you, it's gonna be, it's gonna be rough. Right. And so like, yeah, like with me with the panic attack, I'm grateful for it, as crazy as that sounds, because I needed something that jarring to force me to heal myself. I had the warning signs. I had the warning signs for years. And I, it just, it literally, it was like my psyche came up with a bat and was like, we were nice for a long time. And then whack, 
Right. And it just took me out and dragged me back to where I needed to be and, and made me pick up the pieces again. Well, and it's unfortunate again, that that happened, but thank God, you know, that it did because, um, again, I think that, I mean, there's so much that in what you just said in that, um, we can, things happen to us and we can kind of forget about them, you know, and we can go on and we can become happier. We can, you know, end that relationship and get a new one or, you know, get a new job or things like that. But the fact is all of that trauma, big T trauma, little T trauma, you know, all of that kind of stuff, it does live in the body. And I've come to learn that just with my exposure to, you know, this wellness community and energy medicine, stuff like that from, you know, coming from nursing where we don't talk about that stuff, Mm -hmm. but I've, I've read enough and had enough experiences that all of that, I mean, obviously there's toxins, right? If we eat crappy food and processed food and there's preservatives and all that. So that stuff builds up and that can cause disease, but there's also these emotional traumas that happen and all of that emotion builds up inside of us and causes disease as well, you know? And so it's just things that I think we all should be aware of. And um, again, unfortunately, sometimes it hits us in the, we don't want that to happen, but it hits us in the head going, okay, hello, pay attention. It's time to make the changes. And sometimes it's too late, which is really a shame. Um, But good for you that it happened. Right. And then, and I, you know, we've talked about this before. I believe that everything happens for a reason. There's no coincidences. You knew Sarah, you mm-hmm. met Sarah, yep. maybe you'd gone like all of a sudden somebody came into your life that could help you Yep. help, you know, help you help yourself. And now you've learned so much that you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm a different person and I want to help other people. So it's no, so good. Uh, no, a hundred percent. Cause it's, I'm going to counter one part of what you said. And the one part I'm going to counter is if a, if you're still alive, it's not too late. You may have to deal with things that are, are irreversible, but it doesn't mean it's not too late. And so, yes, if you've ignored something mental or physical long enough, you're going to deal with the longer, you're going to deal with the prolonged chronic component of that. But it doesn't mean you can't make a change today. And that, and it's so, I, I just wanted to counter that point because yeah, I don't want well, people to think, because people very easily could say, oh, I, it's too late for me. I'm just going to give up. Right. Well, and I, I think of a dear friend in our community um, about five years ago, he got a wake up call about, you know, some heart issues and he made some changes and he lost weight and things were going well. And you know what? Two days ago, he had a heart attack and he's gone. Oh, and it's I'm just, so a, it's a sad thing. But I, and I say that because sometimes that happens. Like yes. we don't know what's going on or we ignore the warning signs. I talk about that in the wellness business. Like how many times you drive a car and like, like I got this eco light that comes on because the eco thing doesn't switch. So it's like, you just ignore the light because I know it doesn't work, whatever. Or we just cover it up with a little piece mm-hmm. of tape, right? Like how much do, how many times we do that with ourselves? We got the stomach pains. We can't sleep. Mm-hmm. Our elbow hurts, you know, like we just ignore it. And sometimes people, I mean, I'm with you, Eric. It's like, I tell people it is never too late to take care of yourself. It's never too late to start a new habit. That's going to lead you to feeling better and have a better life. So I'm completely with you, but there's sometimes it's like, you know, God has another idea and it's like, okay, that's it. You're done. So, and, and like I was mentioning, and I'm very sorry for your loss. That's, that's, that, that was so recent, but And you're right. You know, God has a plan in that regard. 
But that colleague, that friend of yours who recently passed away, if he didn't make those changes five years ago, he may not have had these past five years. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, re- regrettably, the longer you know, decisions he made previous to that may have caused him to die today, you know, recently. Mm-hmm. That is the part that some of it can is, is irreversible. You know, if, you know, when it comes to biology, you do too much damage, some of it is irreversible. Same thing when it comes to interpersonal relationships. If you if you neglect or damage a relationship to a point, you could lose it, and then that is irreversible. But it doesn't mean that it's too late to 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 learn from that from those patterns and to let those patterns go, so that you know you can, like you said, learn the new habit. You know, change the physical pattern, change the emotional pattern, change the mental pattern, and a big component of that is getting through the emotional charge that is kind of repeating the script. So like, that's what I, that's, what's so great when it comes to EFT is that it it targets the emotional component of what's going on. So the way, the way, yeah, let's, yeah, let's talk about that. The way that it works. Perfect segue, you know, because people are going to be like, okay, what What the the hell is is, this? (laughs) Yeah. What is EFT? So let's talk about that. So yeah, absolutely. So EFT so EFT, its foundation is Chinese medicine. So what you're so what you're doing is the client would be tapping on points on the body that are affiliated with the the meridian points that are fili- that are part of Chinese medicine. So Moira can see me now as I'm tapping on my body to reflect the points. So the 10 points that I do with my clients, and every practitioner has a slight variation. They don't do all of them, but yada, yada, yada. So at the top of the head, eyebrow at the bridge of the nose, the side of the eye, under the eye, the upper lip the lower lip, the collarbone, under the arm, beneath the armpit, the inner wrist and the side of the hand. And when you're tapping on these meridian points, it's calming the fight, fight and freeze response that we all naturally have. Now we need that response for human survival. It's the response that you have when you're driving on the highway, someone starts merging into your lane, you swerve out of the way. It's the same response you have if you're hiking and a snake crosses your path and you jump back. We need that. But when it comes to an emotional component or it comes to some form of trauma, and I'm using trauma very, very loosely here, that same system gets activated. So perfect example, you can do this now as your listeners, think of a time that you did something very embarrassing. If you really think about it and really take the time to to think where you are, what you were doing, what you were feeling, your body might have a biological reaction of your heart might start racing, you might go pale or you might start blushing, your hands might start sweating. That is that same fight, fight and freeze response being activated again, but to a memory. So what EFT does is it calms that system down and you start with whatever the surface issue is. So if a client comes in and they're saying to me, you know, I'm anxious all the time, or I'm just feeling depressed, or I'm afraid of public speaking, or they have whatever this contemporary issue is, or, you know, I'm so, I, I get angry very easily. We start on whatever that surface surface issue is, and we calm that immediate emotional response down. And typically what will end up happening is that memories will bubble up to the surface because that's that fight, fight, and freeze response is being lowered. And whatever that memory that comes to the surface is somehow connected with whatever is being discussed during this, during those tapping rounds. And the goal of EFT is to uncover those memories from our past 
that there's still this emotional charge to it and bring the emotional charge down to zero, that there's nothing there. And what, and that memory that has that emotional charge, once it's gone, stops fueling the contemporary issues. And for most issues, processing anywhere from three to five memories tends to dissolve the contemporary issue altogether. If it's prolonged, prolonged abuse, it could take a little bit more than that. The amazing thing though, is that the, 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 the client's mind only presents itself, the client with what they're ready and willing to handle in that moment. So I'm not pulling these things out of the client. I am simply creating a space for it to come naturally to the surface. And so the client's psyche, and this is completely subconscious, basically is like, okay, we feel a little bit better. Here's this memory. And then we tap on it and we heal it. And then the memory is gone. There's no emotional charge to it anymore. And the person that's the person subconscious again is like, oh, we've been holding onto that for a long time. It's gone. Okay, what about this? And something else comes to the surface and we heal that. And it's like, okay, and then what about this? And this other memory comes up and we heal that. After a while, you start, you start with the easy light stuff, the, the things that you might already be consciously aware of. And then the, 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 the deeper skeletons start to bubble to the surface. And then all of a sudden your subconscious is like, okay, we've gotten a lot of things. We're feeling good. Here's this gnarly, gross, horrific thing that we've been ignoring for forever. Maybe you don't even remember this anymore. And it comes up, but then you heal it and then it's gone. And during this entire process, you're continuing to gain mental vitality. You're continuing to let go of those scripts. So perfect example, if you're at work or maybe you're working from home now through Zoom, you're having a meeting with your boss, your boss says something that upsets you, but your boss also kind of reminds you of your dad. So this upsetting thing was said to you and you'd have, a, you'd have a normal response of being upset. But you have this script in the back of your mind, you're probably not even conscious of it, of like, oh, he reminds me of my dad, my dad's an asshole. So F this boss and I hate this boss. And now you're, your response should have been like, I'm annoyed. And now you're like screaming at your boss. And so that script isn't helping you anymore. And it's, it's all of this old stuff from the past that it just keeps replaying itself over and over and over again. And EFT, get, you start with, I'm, I'm pissed off at my boss. And then all of a sudden it's like, this, I remember this thing with my dad and he was such a jerk and like he treated me like this. And then we heal that. And then at the end, and this could all be in one single session, 50 minutes. At the end of the session, it's like, it's like so how do you feel about the boss now? And then we're like, be like, I was mad at my boss. And it's because it had nothing to do with the boss. It was just, the boss was just enough of a mirage of a ghost from the past that they attacked it in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really, yeah, it's, it's cool stuff. And um, you know, the neat thing is it can be done. I mean, you, you can do this on your own, you know, there's tapping yep. apps and things like yep. that. You can read books on it. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about working with somebody like you, and then we'll talk a little bit about my session with you. You know, the cool thing about working with a practitioner is that they can help you kind of, you know, think of different things. Cause I, you know, you'll ask different questions or how does this make you feel or what is this and kind of prompt you along to think, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think, again, in any situation, when you have somebody that's kind of guiding you along, that's more of an expert, even again, with the work that I do in wellness, like I, I've farther along, I have more knowledge. So I can say, well, what about this? And what about this? Because I know mm-hmm. that that could be contributing to this. Same thing with you, like, or working with some type of expert, 
you can bring up those things that I might not be thinking about and really, again, help help that person that you're working with just really support them in dealing with a lot of that emotion that, that ends up happening. Absolutely. And so the books the recordings, the apps that exist for tapping, the, there's, there's tons of YouTube videos, they're all fantastic. And I highly recommend it because, I highly recommend it in addition to working with someone, mainly because if, if, if you were my client or, so, or one of your listeners was one of my clients, theoretically I'm seeing you once a week or once every other week or whatever like that. And you need to keep doing work outside of that. And those guided things keep the energy moving, keep the, keep the healing going. But some, but you're, it's because, because they are designed to be a little bit more generic, you're not going to get that kind of laser focus. Mm-hmm. Like I'll give, a, I'll give a very quick example of the, of the difference of kind of having the in-person component. I had a client who, I had a client who um, a major political figure reminded them of someone from their family that, that had a troubling relationship. And so there was a lot of animosity towards this figure that was being fueled because of this issue from their past. And so we both were aware of this and we both had talked about this and we both had tapped on this for several sessions. And then in one particular session, this client mentioned this movie and this movie had, you know, this whole, th- this whole kit and caboodle and this mo- the character in this movie that they were talking about had three characteristics, two of which matched the public figure. And the third one was sexual abuse. And so I'm like, so I was like, huh. And so I'm like, I'm like, that's an interesting little like thing there. And so I, I let this person talk, blah, blah, blah. And so I, I, said to, I said to them, can I ask you just a very blunt question? And they said, sure. And I'm like, you know, I made these, I started connecting all these dots. And I'm like, I'm like, but there's this piece here. And I'm like, were you sexually abused? And their answer immediately was yes but not by this family member, by someone else. And then we were able to, to dive into that in the following session, because sometimes those, those little nuggets of knowledge come at the end of session, happens very frequently. And so that's where you can kind of get that extra level of intuition and insight when you're working with someone else, because you would be amazed the things you say, but not realize what you said. And that happens a lot. Well, and I have, um, I know somebody that, I mean, lived most of her life. And then she was working with a shaman and some doing some energy healing on some other things. And it was revealed to her that she had been sexually abused. She had no idea up until that point in her life. And it just started to come forth. And so again, I can't say enough about things being just buried and like living in our body, those emotions and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I mean, going to try to keep it together today as we talk about this, but you know, we had a little, you were so gracious to offer a session to me. And um, again, and like I said, share only what you feel yeah. comfortable to share. Yeah. I, I, and I will, and I appreciate that. And I feel like it's just important. I mean, I, again, I love those examples and I love when somebody can really kind of share, you know, something personal, like, Hey, this is a story, not just, Hey, this is the way it works, but this is a story. And, um, I'm still uncovering things. And that's what I love. Cause again, if you listen to my podcast, I love to learn. I I'm doing half of this podcast for me because I keep <laughs> learning and evolving and things like that. And, you know, I was, um, involved in a ballroom dance competition this last week. And as we got connected and you offered a session, I'm like, let's do it before the 
the dance. And I, you know, I was feeling a little nervous, but um, let's see what can be uncovered. And um, it just really, just really interesting stuff because again, I'm 57 and um, I've learned about inner child work or connecting with your inner child. And first of all, I thought that there was a bunch of weird stuff, but, um, <laughs> but again, I think there's a lot of truth to that because that's what started to come up as we were talking. And I was talking about how excited I was to be doing this competition, although it's so completely out of the realm of anything I've ever done. And I was getting emotional about it. I was getting, you know, nervous about it, but as we talked, you know, I have two older sisters, you know, great, great siblings, but I've lived so much of my life feeling like uh, I'm different than them. And the fact of the matter is, you know, I, the fact of the matter is I am different than them. Their personalities are different. Even my brother, who's younger than me, my brother and my two sisters are much more analytical than me. They, they enjoy investing and finance and computer programming and all of the, as I call the columns and rows people. <laughs> and I am not that. And, but it, for so long of my life, I thought that there was something wrong with me, right? That I was less than because I wasn't like them. And it took me a while to really realize that. But as we were talking, uh, you and I, Eric, you know, it was kind of like, what did I hope, I don't know, you know, what did I hope or what was I tapping into? And the fact of what I was tapping into as we were tapping into and also tapping into, you know, <laughs> yep. discovering was that I really, I was going back to that, that girl growing up and like that girl that just wanted to be seen for her, right? And that, that mm -hmm. I was unique and I was different, but it was more that I was unique and you were helping me just kind of come into that that feeling and to say that it's okay that you're different and it's okay for you to get on the dance floor and put a sparkly dress on and say look at me right mm -hmm. because that's you know that's what um that's uh that's all good and again I just think that's really powerful work and I know that after this session I'm going to do that before do some tapping before <laughs> I go to dance because again I can feel it in my body you know mm -hmm. bringing it up you know, I share that again, to just help someone else and to, to say that this isn't weird ass stuff. This is, again, I look back, I'm looking back on parts of my life. And that was one of the things that I learned in a mindfulness-based stress reduction course that I took is that idea to slow down enough to notice. Mm, and once yes. we can notice, then we can do something about it. And that's, I think about that with tapping is that we're slowing down enough to notice we're letting that stuff bubble up we're letting mm -hmm. that stuff come up and then we can do something about it and we can tap through it we can move into it we can feel it and we can let it go and i'm still letting it go <laughs> and, and i had fine. Yeah, yeah which is fine and like i said before we came live i was in a networking um meeting earlier today and one of my girlfriends who really is the one that encouraged me to start dancing because i saw that she was dancing she was talking about, she does, she has a wonderful business of the art of feminine presence and like feeling into your body and stuff like that. And it really triggered some things in me too, as she talked about the emotion of joy and what's mm. the opposite of joy. The opposite of joy is sorrow. And you know, that the emotion of pleasure, what's the opposite of pleasure? Well, pain. 
And it just really triggered in me. Like, I was like, okay, like I'm looking at bringing joy into my life. And I've got this, I'm making these joy journals and I'm going to have, you can see these, I know the listeners can't see it, but I'm working on making like branded merchandise with joy and love and stuff like that. So I'm moving into joy. (laughs) But as I was, I was triggered to think that, but you know what, there's sorrow. And that's Mm -hmm. part of like what still comes up and that I know that I need to continue to work on and heal because as much as I did great in the dance competition and I got a medal and I was all great and everyone's like, well, you're great. (laughs) Like I'm still, I still got to relax and I don't smile enough. And so instead (laughs) of, as I said, I just am my my worst critic. And we've talked about this a little bit about what you Mm -hmm. are all our worst critics, but to just know that it's so it's okay. Like you're here and how about we peel back a couple more layers? How about we peel back a couple more layers? And I talked about that so much this weekend with a couple other people. And I know that that's what you do with EFT. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, it's one sure. session and let's go to the next session. Cause we're going to peel back a few more layers and we're going to yeah. peel back. And, and if you're brave enough to do that, then I commend you, you know, because it's tough. It's tough work when we peel it back and I'm learning that myself. And, um, and I've talked to enough people, it's tough to pull it back but if you're brave enough, then you can get, I love what you said. You said, what do you get? You get, you got to the top. You got over the clouds. I got, I got I'm up above the clouds. clouds. I can see where I can see the progress that I've made, but now, but now I'm not, I'm not <laughs> obscured with, with the expansiveness that is being but alive. Then, but then you see where you can go. I, can I love going. that because I yeah. felt like that's what happened to me this weekend. Like I came oh, up awesome. above the clouds. Like, I don't know, maybe but I mean, it just really struck me. I'm like, oh, cause I feel like it wasn't like the end. Like when you go, to, when mm, I did yes. something like that, it wasn't the end. It was like, all of a sudden, I think I got lifted up Yes. and I was able to go, wow, that's cool. I'm getting rid of that. Like I was the little girl and I was dancing and everyone's like, wow, you're so pretty. And I was like, you know, trying to get out of my own way and forget about my mistakes and fill myself up with that. Cause they're like, oh my gosh, you were just spectacular. And, um, and you looked beautiful. But then I feel like it was just the start. And I love that vision of like, now I can see, I've cleared some stuff away and I came up yeah. out of the clouds and now I can look and see what the future is. And I think that that's a wonderful vision for people to have for their life, you know, that it's hopeful. Absolutely. And, you know, the big, compo- the big component of that, and I say this to people all the time, because the listeners might be hearing, you know, being like, I, I'm not brave enough to do this kind of work. And it's like, bravery isn't doing something without fear. Bravery is doing something with fear and doing it anyway. And, you know, as I mentioned, you know, the EFT technique, it, it's, it is a very gentle technique. It goes at the pace of the client. And we, and me as the practitioner, I am simply walking with the client where they need to go to heal themselves. And so the, the, the amazing thing is that a lot of conventional therapies, I don't want to bash them, but a lot, a lot of conventional therapies, you get the cognitive knowledge of what happened. You're mentally aware this happened to me and that is why I am the way I am. The thing that a lot of them miss that EFT incorporates is you can give the past versions of you what you needed back then. And that's what provides the healing, that inner child work, work like you're mentioning, that I have worked with clients where they'll, my, and I've been on the client side of this as well, where 
you will get into this, into a particular memory and you will visualize or feel how you felt back then when you were 12 or eight or five or whatever it was. And then through the guidance of EFT, you, you not only do you let yourself feel those feelings and process them, the adult version of you gives the ch child version of you whatever you needed. Mm -hmm. So if you had, so if you had a, a parent who was neglectful, you then become the parent of yourself emotionally. It's, it's almost like emotional time travel. You can't change the actual past, but you can give what you needed in the past to, to yourself. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, with me to give a personal example, you know, I was bullied severely when I was in middle school and in high school. And, you know, I, you know, I grew up during the nineties and I graduated from high school in the early two thousands. And that was at the time where calling anything that was dumb or lame gay was all the craze. And me being a very closeted gay boy, people were kept pushed and, be and also being a nerd, people kept pushing a button they didn't know was there. And so I learned at a, a very young age to suppress my individuality because it was dangerous. Because I, I literally would be in danger. Like people would literally beat me up. And so I did some of that regressive work with myself, obviously working with another person, with someone else as the practitioner, where I, I, would, I connected with the little kid version of me. And the really like, the really crazy part was like the visualization was like I was, it was the visualization in my mind was, you know, in my childhood bedroom, it must have been like the, the eight-year-old or 10-year-old version of me. And I was in my underwear and I, and people were banging on the windows of my room. And the, the, the symbolism was I felt exposed and people were trying to come in and I felt like I was in danger. And the, uh, my colleague did a great job of guiding me through this. So I'm going to give all the credit to Stacey Every for this. Um, she guided me through comforting my past self. And as a result, I actually gave my past self, actually the hoodie I'm wearing right now that no one else can see, in my mind. And, I'm like, and I covered my past self up and gave myself protection and also comfort. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to take that version of me out of that space and put it someplace else in my mind that was happier. And that sounds so woo-woo and so weird, <laughs> right. but, and I, I'll own the fact, EFT is very woo-woo, it's Chinese medicine tapping on yourself, it's weird. I'm not gonna argue that at all. But the effect, the lasting effect from that work, from a single session working on a single memory was dramatic. It was so dramatic. It's what's allowed me to be so forthcoming right now, even sharing that I've never shared that particular memory publicly before. And I had a brief moment as I'm saying it of like, should I? And I was like, screw it. Who cares? It's, it's my story. Most people feel, feel really comfortable for some reason. They get on my podcast. Like, <laughs> you know what? I talked to you about stuff that I have never talked to anybody else about. You're not the first person to say that. So, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a that's, huge compliment that's to yeah. you. That's yeah. a huge compliment to you. You create the space, but that's the thing. It's, when you do that work with yourself, and like I said, you start at the surface, you start with the, the low hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. And then all the while you're getting stronger, you're getting your mental vitality back, you're getting, you're, you're, you're becoming braver, you're becoming more confident, you're becoming more ambitious, you're becoming more creative. All of the things about yourself 
that have been hindered because of these old scripts or, or suppression or whatever the heck it is, it comes back. It's still there. You just have to uncover it. You have to just, you got to do some of that mining in your mind. Right. And it, you know, it's, it's not gone. Cause I've had, I've had several clients who've come to me. These are, this is very common for people feeling depressed where they feel like there is, there is no point anymore that there is that the, the, it's a, a very common um, analogy. Like there's no light in them anymore. And the thing I always say to them, and then we end up digging it up is the light never goes away. It's just buried under muck and gunk and darkness, but it's not gone. It never, as long as you're alive, it never goes out. But yes, it's scary to be walking blind in the dark, trying to find it again. And right. that's why for deeper work, I recommend working with someone. If it's not me, I, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But don't, don't wander into the darkness of your mind alone. That's, that's sometimes where the, the videos and the tapes and the apps and the books, that's where I slightly caution people. It's like, don't do deep work alone. You, you need the objective person because you, you don't, there's dragons and demons and ghosts mm -hmm. in your mind. Right. You don't want to do that alone. So well, I, I always caution that. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. And sometimes you just don't know until you start to do the work. And sometimes you mm -hmm. do the work. I've, and again, personal experience, you start to do the work and you uncover something. You're like, okay, you know what? I need to go process this. I mean, when my daughter first started to struggle and just really got really bad and, you know, someone said, well, does that trigger you? Because you had an eating disorder. I'm like, no, oh, it doesn't trigger me to do all that weird stuff that I did before with restricting and all that but you know what? It triggered me emotionally. And I went and found a therapist who helped me process through that because, you know, she said when pain continues to come up, it's coming up because it needs to, it needs to show you something. It needs to yes. teach you something. Yes. That's, you know, and we were able to process through it and I was able to give light to that. And, um, and it was good. And I still, again, remember that, but it's kind of the same thing. And that when these pains come up, um, Again, you can like notice some, but then like you need, might need somebody to, you know, to help you guide, you know, guide you through what you're feeling there and what that might mean and things like that. And again, this weekend, I feel like I'm just in the kind of at the surface of it. And it's really, it's exciting. It's exciting for me. I mean, sometimes people are like, oh, that's too scary. But like, I don't know, for me, I'm 57. And again, like I said, one of my colleagues, the icon in this town died this week. I'm like, you know, life is too short. Like, I'm just going to keep doing this and like discovering what I can do. Like now I want to get better at rhythm because those people that do rhythm and salsa and cha-cha and stuff like that. Oh my gosh. They look like they're having a lot of fun. I love the smooth, but they look like they're having fun. So I'm going to work on that. But something else that Jennifer said today was that, you know, we can step up, we can walk ourselves into confidence you know, and that's like, we mm. take a self-development course and we take a webinar or whatever. We can just kind of go into that confidence, but really when we're going into this confidence, I think of living our best life, if you will, like it's about peeling back the layers. It's not just yes. taking about taking a course. It's not just about reading a book. It's about again, peeling it back. And again, I can't say it enough, like working with somebody that can help guide you along that way. Cause it is deeper work mm -hmm. and it's so awesomely rewarding, you know? No, a hundred percent. And a lot of times it can be the limitation of the books and the things like that is the cognitive mind absorbs the lesson, 
but the emotional part of you doesn't. The emotional part of you just rejects it. And so it gets you halfway there. So when you're, when you're in, when the cognitive mind is in control, when, when, you're, when you're responding to the world rationally, which some of us do some of the time, um, then yes, those lessons stick. But then when the irrational comes up, when the emotional comes up, you know, all of those lessons can get thrown out the window because that part of you just flat out rejects it and is like, that's a load of crap. And me, you know, shoving food down my throat or starving myself or whatever the, or whatever the, it could be anything. Food issues are very complex, but like, it could be anything. It just rears, it rears its ugly head. And so you need, you need both. You, you do need a level of cognitive awareness and, but you also need the emotional healing to come with it. And for, for me personally, EFT does both of those so well. And there's a, there are lots of other ways to go down that road. So like with you, the dancing is, is another way of you getting healing mm -hmm. because it, it's so body oriented. It forces you out of your mind. And a lot of, yeah. So <laughs> I'm trying, I'm working on it. As one of my guys said, as Oleg said, uh, would you stop thinking? I'm like, I'm trying to. <laughs> but yeah. Talking, and you know, you got to get out of your head and just, you know, feel it within your yes. body. Yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of Americans in particular, I've noticed there is so much focus in the United States on cognitive control and, and all of that with complete degradation and ignoring of the emotional, intuitive, you know, component of the person. And we're all of that. You can't, like, you can't ignore the other half of who you are because it'd be like ignoring your left arm just to give more strength to your right. You're only hurting yourself. Your right arm can't do everything alone. And when you've got both arms working together, you can lift more weight than you could with only one. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you, you, you need to go with both angles. And, you know, I say to people all the time, you know, when it comes to mental wellness is you need to connect with the technique and you need to connect with the practitioner. So for some people, if, you know, if EFT sounds a little too woo woo, that's fine. I thought the same thing. I thought it was a load of hooey. And then, you know, doing it as long as I did and seeing how much it's helped me, I'm a believer because I'm on the other, I'm, I'm further down on the road on my own healing. So I always say to people, you know, give it a try, but if it's not you for you, that's fine. There's so many other methods there's so many other forms of mental health that work. Some people like the conventional form, you know, you're lying on the couch, a therapist is sitting behind you. And it's like, so what happened with your mother? That like the classic <laughs> right. an analysis kind of thing. And Hey, that works too. Mm -hmm. And some people that's the Avenue they want to go down. And so yeah, yeah, and I think on this, clicks. you know, yeah, I think on this podcast, people have heard lots of different ways of, you know, I did one on shadow work, you know, what is shadow integration work, and I don't really mm -hmm. understand all of that as much, but Mary's a great, again, Mary Sanasi is a great expert on that. We've talked about, um, you know, EFT before. We've talked about all kinds of yoga, you know, mm -hmm. and um, all kinds of things that are different forms of healing and tapping into those things. So, you just got to find, and as I say all the time on this podcast, you just got to find things that you can stick in your tool belt so yes. that when th something happens, you're like, oh, I know what I can use for that. You know, I need this, this thing that's going to help me. So you just got to, yeah, I think with any modality, you need to find the modality that might work for you and find somebody that you can trust that can take you 
you know, on that, that journey. Let's talk about where people can find you. I know you're in uh, Western Massachusetts, and um, yeah. but how, where people can find you um, online if they want to connect with you, if it's social or website, those kind of things. Absolutely. So you can visit my website. It's ericeft.com, and that's Eric with a C. And I'm offering to all of your listeners uh, $30 off their first session with me if they want to give it a try. Uh, they just have to use the coupon code juggling on my website. On my website as well, you can get to my social media page, on my, to my Facebook page. I'm offering free monthly workshops with my colleague, Stacey Every. So January, we did a workshop on resolutions. Uh, this month, February, we're doing a workshop on love because I don't know about you, Valentine's Day is triggering for everyone, married, mm-hmm. relationship, single, doesn't matter. It's a, it's a rough holiday for most people. And uh, in the month of March, we're doing a workshop on insecurity. And so I don't know anyone who's never been insecure. So yeah, it's yeah. a great way to, it's, the workshops are totally free. It's a great way just to get a taste, to see, you know, what is this thing about? Is it going to work for me? And you can get a taste. And the lovely thing too about the workshops is that you can engage as much as you want or you don't have to at all. There, there are plenty of people who attended who kept their video off and never turned their audio on. And were just it was just a black square with a name. And I don't know if the name was real. I don't really care. So, you know, the workshop is built just for people to get the kind of taste. Yeah, but those are the best ways. Like Moira was saying, I do have a podcast that's coming out. It's not, it doesn't exist yet, but it will be listed on my website. So if you're listening to this further down the road, check it out. There's a whole tab of podcasts on my website. So once it's live, it'll be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad that you're going into the podcast world because I feel like, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's just a great way for us to sit and talk with each other and share out in that world. And, um, you know, even in the year that I've done this, there's just so many more people that are podcasting because it's such a great medium to, again, stick your headphones in and go for a walk or get on the treadmill or put it on while you're, you know, making dinner and listen to some stuff and you can learn and uh, better yourself. So um, I'm just so grateful that we got connected. I really, really Ditto. am. It's just, it's just one of those uh, great connections. Thanks for reaching out to me of course. Um, as you did. And um, again, thankful to be connected with you. And just, again, I know that this conversation is, is helpful to um, not only me, which I love, <laughs> but um, again, just helpful for those that are listening, because uh, again, the message continues from me to just figure out, things that you can do to help yourself because we, like you said, it's not, it's never too late to just start doing something a little bit different so that you can feel better. You can live a better life and you can just really make all, just take it all, you know, take it all in, but, and don't be afraid, be brave, pull it back, pull back the layers, pull back the curtain, you know, right. The wizard of Oz, Yep. expose yourself, (laughs) you know, and, um, and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay because, again, we all deserve that. Um, we all deserve a good life and a happy life. And, um, again, thankful that you're here so that you can help people you. You know, guide you through all of that. So any last words that uh, we didn't cover today that you want to leave the listeners with? Hmm. Well, yeah, just, just to repeat, it, it isn't too late. Whether you're 20, 40, 60, 80, 90, it's not too late. It's not too late to lessen the burden that you have on yourself and just to be able to just breathe and just be more content being who you are as a person, being the person that God put you on this earth. If you believe in God or not is irrelevant, but you're here and you're alive and you're listening to this podcast. And it's like, 
if you're ready, even if you're not ready, but you know that you want to make that some part of you is like, this needs to change. Like I'm not, something's off. Take that step, whatever it is, into whatever positive direction that you go. It could be journaling. It could be ballroom dance. It could be EFT. It could be conventional therapy. It could be exercise. It could be gardening. It doesn't matter. Take, just, just, just take that first step. And then you'll take another, and then you'll take another. And then all of a sudden you'll have made so much progress and then you'll, and then you'll just want to, you'll start walking and then you'll start running and then you'll start sprinting towards healing yourself. And yeah. it just, it just got to take that first step as right. that stupid cliche as that is. Well, it's the first <laughs> step or it's, as my girlfriend said, just walk through the door. The door yes. is open. So just walk through the door, walk right? through the door. So. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So again, thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, listeners for for listening again. Connect with Eric, connect with myself. Again, we are here to help and provide that hope out for you uh, so that you can live a great life. And um, I'll be bringing more guests to you um, as the days go on. But again, thanks for listening. And uh, thanks for sharing these podcasts. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Share it with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I've got a tribe over on Facebook, so head over there and search for Juggling the Chaos of Recovery Podcast Tribe. And do you know somebody who has a story, a story to share, a story of recovery and hope? Please let me know as I'd love to feature them as a guest on one of these next upcoming podcasts. And perhaps you're looking for a community of like-minded, collaborative, and supportive people who cheer each other on as we strive to improve our lives. If that sounds like something you've been looking for, schedule some time with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Let's talk and let me help you find your way. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth it.